This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 28, Family Reunion. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. This is one of my favorite nights of the week. I love podcasting with you guys. Oh, yeah. Me too. Ah, podcasting. And it's fun to watch Eureka. This this was no I exception. I, I look forward to this. Eureka's oh, it's like got so much heart. It always makes me feel good to watch it. Another fantastic episode. That's true. Yeah. You know, I, I had kind of forgotten about this one. And I mean, it's a really cool episode, too. I think I had forgotten about the ones that weren't part of the overarching plot that we get into here pretty soon yeah it was funny when when we were, started watching it here uh, audra and i were watching together and it was really funny because at first i was like man i don't remember this and then uh and, and then right about the time we saw pierre wake up i was like oh i remembered it went and it all came back you know <laughs> yeah that's happening a lot with me too it's you don't quite remember what was going on. You know, I remembered a lot about this episode as soon as you see uh, as soon as you see uh, Pierre Fargo wake up. But uh, yeah, I, I had remembered absolutely nothing of the secondary story that was going on with Zoe. Yeah, yeah, I had kind of forgotten about that. That too. was funny because the minute they said the name, I clicked on that. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, and I I'd forgotten going forward, but but man, now you know. And what a cool way of dealing with that, because this is one of those things, you know, so often you're lucky to have them set up in a TV show, anything at all, a couple episodes ahead. And if they do, it's a huge arc, you know, like yeah. we're going to have this massive arc and then we'll set something. Otherwise, everything is 100% contained in the episode. And and what's funny is, is if you look, they've been setting this up for some time. Yeah. You know, we've seen little things with the driving come up with, with uh you know, with, with them in terms of like, uh, you know, uh, Carter is is a bit like protective of Zoe and, and he clearly has these issues, but we kind of write them off as, oh, he's just a, you know, an overprotective dad. You know, my understanding from taking uh, some creative writing classes is, uh, and, and you know, one of the creative writing classes I took too, we got to talk a little bit with Mike Taylor Oh yeah, who wrote for um, a little bit for Deep Space Nine and, and for BSG. Battlestar, of course. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and he gave us a little tour of the writers' room uh, with BHG. And my understanding is that when they uh, create these character arcs, they do a lot of uh, storyline for each individual character. And um, they, the ones that he showed us when uh, Michael Taylor gave us the kind of video, like he he took the little uh, webcam and walked it around the room. And they were using a bunch of different colored post-it notes for each character. And then they could take them and move them around and, and stuff like that. But like, you know, so like one person would be all green post-it notes and the next person would be all yellow. Whenever they came up with an idea for that person's backstory, you know, it would go on the board. And uh, anyway, my understanding is that when you are writing this type of ongoing series, uh, you create character sketches and you develop their backstory and you develop a lot of things that may never actually come to light. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and that, that's required because if you want the characters to be believable on the page or on the screen, you have to have considered all of that. Because, you know, like 
Um, well, these, they, they have to be people. Yeah, like, right. you're not going to see everything that goes on with each of these characters' lives. So if you have this intricate backstory that just exists, even if it doesn't make it on air, it, it provides uh, Motivation. a level of yeah. um, legitimacy to the characters. Exactly, yeah. And that, that kind of um, three-dimensional quality comes out in your writing. And, and like you said, Chuck, it gives motivation for everything. And it all links together, even if the the point of linkage is invisible to the viewer. Yeah. We you can, still feel we it. You sense it. Yeah. 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 I, I totally buy that. <clears throat> but it seems like, it seems like they kind of leaked in. I see what you're saying. It's like they, maybe they didn't even intend to set it up. Or maybe they did. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was something that they wanted in, just in well Jack's crafted. backstory for a while now, or, or maybe not. Yeah. Either way, it's great writing, right? Mm-hmm. For whether they meant it, meant us to see it or not, clearly it was there, you know? You know what I liked was that they took what's kind of almost a trope in sci-fi. It's been done so many times. The the person who gets brought forward, you know, the the man out of time or whatever. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> Shut up, Terry. <laughs> Shut, Shut up, up, Fargo. <laughs> Shut up, Terry. Yeah. Um, but I like the way that they they did it a little bit differently. I mean, yeah, the, the main story with it was kind of about the research and the you know, getting the research stolen and all that. But really it was about the relationship between Fargo and his, his grandpa and his family and his family name and his respect, you know, and the love, the lifelong love affair between Fargo's grandparents. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. And, I, Oh, go ahead. One. I was going to say, I think it's, it's also cool to, uh, to start to, uh, to give, Fargo a little bit of a backbone too, like yeah. like this is the first time he he really starts to get a little bit of validation about about who he is and where he comes from and you know that 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 whole thing at the front is you know uh, they wake up Fargo or Fargo Senior and 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 Stark's making cracks about him right and by the end right. he's like in awe of his brilliance and it, it's kind of cool to see that the, the the family name kind of get a little bit restored there. And I think that maybe that goes in into the, into future episodes to give, uh, to give Douglas a little bit more uh, uh, confidence. Yeah. We see, we see, I like using his first name. That's cool. We see Douglas is like, nobody calls him Douglas. <laughs> I never <laughs> calls him Fargo. Fargo the younger. The Dugginator. <laughs> Dugginator. The Dugginator. That's funny. No, I mean... That's what Claudia calls him. Nice. Well, then there you go. The Later. Dug, the yeah. Dugginator. <laughs> no, but it's funny because we see, I think, the first really like solid indication of where his character is. I mean, I love that line where he says that... And he, he says it so earnestly. He says, look, Fargo's may be cursed, but we're honest. Yeah. And And I thought, wow, you know, not only is that true and true to the character as it goes through everything we've seen... Uh, through the end of broadcasted episodes, but also, you know, the actor plays that so effectively, you know, he, he is this guy that's kind of like, he's the comic relief a lot. They use his character. He's the butt of jokes a lot. Oh yeah. And, and they, they play so much off on him and yet he still manages to get that, uh, you know, to fit in that Neil Grayston, right? Yeah. He still manages to fit in that sort of uh, uh, honesty and 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 sinceness. That he, makes, he he may do some stupid things, but 
he you know when he gets caught he's not like denying them left right and center he's kind of like mm, yeah all right yeah and I, I turned it on i turned it on what's the problem <laughs> so i turned it on okay fine <laughs> Yeah, but could you help me fix it, please? That's that's exactly it, and it, I think even beyond that, though, is the fact that he can play a character that gets used so heavily, so so comedically, and still and still seem like a serious character and have some dignity. Yeah, I mean, when he takes over GD, it's at first it's funny, and then by by this is in the future. Oops, sorry, yeah. But yeah, and then as time goes on, you buy it. You know, I mean, just later on, he's he's a very serious character in a lot of ways, even when they're making fun with him. Yeah. With him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is the first episode where he he really moves beyond that uh, comic relief character that's just solely there to kind of be the wacky, weird guy that's just hanging out at GD to yeah. actually another character. And, and I'm going to guess that when they decided to start expanding his storyline. This is probably one of the episodes they looked at and looked at what a great job he did with this. Yeah, that's a good point. The other thing he said, Chuck, that the quote that you brought was, you know, the best one. And the other one that he said that I thought was striking and sad, of course, was when he said, um, well, you know, I've never really had a grandfather or a father or friends. Friends. And and the way he said, I kind of laughed at first, like, oh, that's sad. But he was so serious when he said it. You know, it, it really wasn't meant as a... He wasn't exaggerating to be funny. Man, I don't know. I felt that way. I mean, I did have a father, but I mean, I feel like I... A lot of people I know have a lot more family than I do yeah. around them. And they have these big families and everything. I never really did in that way. And even when I did, they weren't people that I necessarily was hooked up with, you know? And... And there have been times where I felt like I didn't really have a lot of friends and the few that I did were maybe not necessarily people that I could think a lot of or would come to my support. I I like to think that... Especially when it's like a few years out of high school, you know, and you're having a hard time meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I like to think that's changed for me the way it has for Fargo in the series later on, you know. I, I think by by the end of of the run to date, I and and for anybody listening years down the road, since these podcasts will still be available, I'm talking about through the end of season four. Um, I like to think that Fargo has there are a number of people who would come to Fargo's defense. Like if something to me, the friend is the person that when crap went bad, they'd be there for you even if it cost them, you know. And I think there are a number of people who would do that for Fargo by the end, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I like to think I, that's changed for me too. You know, I, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Pierre Fargo was sort of underwhelmed almost by all the technology. <laughs> and he was kind of like, oh, well, isn't that neat? You know, like you just showed him a shiny marble or something. <laughs> I'm like, the last thing you knew, it was 1957 and you're watching a robot run on a treadmill and all you can say is, wow, let's go <laughs> I, do this thing. I, I, I don't do. know. I, I think that there was, there was kind of a very scientifically restrained awe in, in what he was, what he was doing there. He, he was yeah. like, he's like, I knew all this stuff would happen. I just never thought it would be within my lifetime kind of thing. Uh-huh. So he, he, it's like, especially when he starts finding all of the experiments that like Fargo just takes for granted, like the, like the cellular regeneration thing and that kind of thing. Um, it's like he 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 knew of all these concepts were out there, and 
you know, it's kind of like Stark's dad. He's like, you know, I'm never going to, not not the Stark, but it's Tony Stark from Iron Man. Oh, right. Uh, Tony Stark's <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll, the, the technology out there is going to be fantastic, but I'm just not going to be around. You're going to have to continue on and, and continue my research kind of thing. And I think that's kind of what he's looking at it all of. Like, he's like, they, they theorized all this stuff, but knew, like, we're, oh, we're never going to get anywhere remotely that's <laughs> close within any of our lifetimes. And as it turns out, we moved quite a lot faster than, than they were predicting in the 50s. I, I love how when he's like, did we ever get to the moon? And Fargo's like, yeah, in 62. And then he continues for a second. And I'm like, wait 69. a minute. 62. 69. No. Well, he says 62. Yeah, like, and then he well, says, we didn't go public until 69. Right. Oh, I see. And it's funny because it, it like catches you. And you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then a second later, he reveals. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was just thinking about, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess, oh, I remember the thing that, the most that caught me is really funny in that little part of the show was when Fargo says, see, look, there's this little device, and we could store the Library of Congress on this. Yeah, and, the entire <clears throat> Library of Congress. I was like, my, my phone can't do that. How much memory you got on that well, thing? Well, actually, <laughs> what was really funny is text-wise, you probably could, but but I was like, oh, except we can't, because we haven't worked out the IP requirements so that... Uh, they're government. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was funny. It's like you could put the entire knowledge of humanity on a device in your hand, except we can't because we're arguing about who owns That'd it. That'd be great. He's like, <laughs> you theoretically could put the entire Library yeah. of Congress on this thing. We don't out of principle. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Instead, it's I've true. got, you know, a copy of uh, the Emperor's New Clothes and Outliers. <laughs> <laughs> you could have all of the knowledge yeah. of humanity available to you instantly. Instead, we choose not to do that because we'd rather argue over how to pay for it. I loaded up a new version of Pong and all of WikiQuote on here instead. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's quality. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, you know, in some ways, things have gotten really cool. And in other ways... Ouch. Still, I mean, I understand the, the scientific restraint and the fact that he had a lot of, but still, I think he... I have to buy the Beatles album, or the White Album. Yeah, no matter what album. Yeah, I, I was like, man, I would be flipping out, you know, and... Where's my flying car? When, when they showed him the photograph of Belle in her, you know, at her current age, mm-hmm. and he didn't even, he wasn't even surprised. He was just like, oh, she still looks beautiful. And like, I'm like, yep, still looks beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, you're not even surprised? I mean... As far like it must have seemed like the day before. To yeah, but him. he is this like super scientist. You would imagine that if you you know he realized that he really was fifty years forward, that he would expect her to be old in the picture. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't mean that you wouldn't still be surprised. You know what I mean? There's a difference between well, knowing and intellectually and then knowing like in your gut, in your <laughs> heart, not even reacting, you know? I think maybe that's where some of the narr- narrative fell apart. I mean, it's, uh, also when you, later you get to her showing up and she's just like, I don't care where you were. It's like, yeah. really? <laughs> You've been waiting for this guy your whole life. This well, is the s- Well, Fargo walked in with her, so I'm assuming Fargo told her. She flipped know, out when Fargo still. told her. <laughs> she was like, ah! broke holes and not kicked holes in the wall and broke dishes and stuff and then and then she had it all worked out by the time Frogger the elder showed up Pierre, which Audra pointed out a funny. I, I'm bit. pretty sure that. Well, I know that Fargo is a, a city in North Dakota, 
But isn't Pierre a city in South Dakota? I want to say it's the capital of South Dakota, isn't it? And if I'm wrong, I'll feel like an idiot. But I, I don't know. I, I'm Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to know all that crap. Yes, I do have Google. Hold on. <laughs> Pierre, South Dakota is a thing. They it's a, a thing. Ball. Oh, it is a thing, really. They okay. have a ball and a regional airport. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the capital of the state. So I just thought it Their was The population funny. was 13,646 during the 2010 census. So so maybe not the capital. It It is. It is. Look at that. It is It is the capital of well, South Olympia Dakota. Olympia is the capital of Washington, and it's tiny. That's That's crazy. It makes it the second least populous state capital after <laughs> Montpelier, Vermont. Montpelier, yeah. Montpelier? Pelier? Montpelier? Is that how you say <laughs> I it? I think so. Probably not in Vermont. <laughs> I don't know. Which was 7,850. Wow. No, in Vermont, they okay. pronounce it Montpelier. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's important. You got to get dude. <laughs> Man. We had not considered that, dude. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So, yeah, what's with the coffee thing at the beginning? I mean, really? Like, he's not going to let Zoe have coffee? Are you kidding me? Well, that ties into the end of that episode. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, with, with the whole thing where um, Zoe finds out, and then, uh, uh, by the way, brilliant acting. Uh, on uh, from Carter and Zoe there at the end, where uh, uh, I had that same thought. Where they're basically Carter sits Zoe down and says, "You know, you know, I was teaching my high school sweetheart how to drive, and we swerved in oncoming traffic." Yeah, and, and he says, "I haven't talked about this in a long time." I had the same thought. Oh that wow, God. he is such an awesome, and and Zoe is right there in the moment with him too. It's like the, these these are very very much people in that in that moment having this kind of emotional context and that's why he's so overprotective of even even coffee because you know coffee can, it can give you a little caffeine high but then also bring you right back down afterwards and carter's just really 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 protective after it well remember you know, what he said what caused the accident they were she was doing a good job when he was teaching her how to drive and they were celebrating he said so I got the sense that they were kind of like, woohoo, like, you know, cheering or whatever and not quite paying attention, which, you know, you could you could see how he'd make the connection that if you're if you're drinking coffee while you're driving, maybe it's not even the caffeine, but just the distraction of having a beverage at all or, or something. You know, you could see how he would connect. He's so worried about her driving. He doesn't want to imagine adding a distraction into it, especially one that will make her hyper. Right. I, I th- Yeah. I mean, he, he, the overprotectiveness comes in when he's like, you know, now you have to detox for a week from it. But right, you have to dry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, though, that it's I think that if you go through something that traumatic, then it's probably OK to be a little overprotective in, in that case. Yeah, it is very understandable. I guess. But damn, I'm sorry. I'm just still having a hard time with that. I think uh, I mean. I think that might be a bit much. You know, I got to tell you, and I, I don't think that I, this may surprise people, but I'm pretty conservative when it comes to, I, I guess maybe conservative is not the right word, but like, um, I don't think that people who are too young should drink coffee, you know? How young? 
Um, I don't know. I think 16 might be a little bit too young to be indulging in coffee. I, I really? Think, yeah, because I, I, I see so many young kids like slamming coffees and energy drinks and stuff like that. And, and I've read a lot about, I mean, just here and there over the years, all these stories about how your brain is still in critical development, you know, when you're a teenager and you actually need more sleep and more, you know, rest and more like healthy behaviors when you're 16, 17, 18 than you do earlier in your life. You know, there are, there are kind of critical times in your life, like, you know, when you're a baby (laughs) and then like two to five, but again, when you're a teenager, it's another like critical phase. And I just, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being a prude, but I think that no, coffee no, I mean, is something that I think it's a valid concern. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a drug, and and it does affect. You know, I don't mean. That, I mean, I'm not saying it should be. You know, I don't know. I'm with you, but I I guess a couple of thoughts. I mean, uh, one, I agree. I could see that as an argument, uh, but. But two things that I think might kind of run against that in this case. One is that that seems to me a good reason to want to be involved with it since it's not something that I think any of us consider entirely evil, right? No, of course not. I, I, mean, I wasn't suggesting. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I just love think coffee. It's great. that's a given. So I think the trick here is that it would be very easy to abuse, which means maybe you would want to control it. But I think completely none of it, that seems like a bad idea. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's fine to have In fact, some, it but... seems like, based on your argument, it might make more sense to to be involved in it, to try to develop some sort of reasonable understanding of it yeah. as a yeah. drug instead of, uh, instead of just banning it, which would result in massive overuse of it the minute they're clear of you, uh, in most cases, I think. The, yeah, yeah, you know exactly. And see, the thing is, I'm, I'm just a little like I look out for I have some students, um, you know, I, I teach one class where they're high school students taking right. the college level. And uh, there are some young guys in there who are, you know, 17 or whatever. And they buy all these weird kind of supplement powders and these oh, quote yeah. unquote energy powders. Oh, yeah. And I see them like mixing them into their bottled water during class and drinking it. And they say, well, I like it because it makes me not hungry anymore. You know, I mean, God, that's scary. And there's all there's all kinds of stuff that is legal, but is not necessarily a good idea. You know, totally agree. The other thing I was going to say is that she is uh, Zoe. I'm talking about is essentially doing what most of us would consider to be early college work. She's getting ready to be accepted, uh, you know, in, in the relatively near future. You look at the work she's doing in high school well, in Eureka. She's had one science experiment that showed her potential well, so far. Well, what I'm saying is is that it's an exceedingly competitive environment. Remember mm-hmm. how they were saying that, like, oh, yeah, but, like, a B average is, like, you know, absurd anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's like a D in any other school. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is that the work level is very high and you see people in the high school in Eureka essentially operating like a very, very competitive undergraduate college experience. I'm with you. Right. If you get a B in Eureka, then that's still awesome. Right. (laughs) I I think, though, that I mean, another perspective from from Carter's perspective is that he does also doesn't want her to have to use that to re- to rely on that to to keep up with people it's you, you know you when, well, when it comes down to it she's still only 16 and and it is her his responsibility to uh to 
you know, to take to take care of her in that respect at this point. It's it's I, I don't know. It's, well, I, I'm, I, I'm know, not, I know what you mean. I'm, for what it's worth, I'm not arguing his right to do so. Uh, I'm just saying that I think, for example, I know that if you I, I am an undergraduate student, I am in a I, I don't know if I call it as I, I would say I'm in a less competitive environment than than she is. You know, and yet I still end up judiciously using coffee as a way to mm-hmm. to maximize my ability to be alert at times I need to to get things done, which sucks. Yeah, I, I think, prefer I not think to most do of that. Us do. But I'm very careful with it. Uh, but it occurred to me that if you said, "Hey, you can't have any at all for some reason, just randomly," you know, uh, I don't know, say Juan bet me, you know, five hundred bucks that I wouldn't drink any coffee for a semester, and I was dumb enough to take it, right? <laughs> I, one's like screw that man but 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 if i you know if some if there was something like that i don't know might, 500 bucks out of me might be a good might be a good bet too uh, <laughs> see, you're, but you're different you're stubborn enough just to except like, <laughs> i was just thinking it would be damn difficult yeah and i so i was wondering if that entire band might be kind of rough on her in that way certainly you can you know and and i'm not entire certainly his motivations are are pure of heart i think but i just thought I don't know. In that environment, it might be kind of tough. Of course, the scary thing would be um, the other kinds of things available to them in Eureka, as we've already seen. Oh, my right? God. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe it's super coffee. It's Vincent's coffee, too. Remember? So <laughs> maybe yeah, it's like the true. super, super pure blend or something like that. But what's the thing right. I always Eureka. drink on Deep Space Nine? Uh, what, what's, what's that? Rectagino. What? Yeah. Rectagino. Yeah, Klingon <laughs> coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think when it comes down to it, it's it's probably Carter one being paranoid uh, with with his previous history, and two, you know the the worries of of uh, uh, drug interactions with uh, child development. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I'm gonna have to at some point sit down and explore my own um, reasons for that because I never really thought about it, but. I tend to be pretty like liberal minded about almost everything, but for some reason with coffee, I'm like, no, I don't think kids should have coffee, and I don't know where that comes from. I wonder about what drives them because you're right. I see a lot of people, even in undergrads at at school, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, mm-hmm. doing you know just pounding these like like you said these little powders and all this crap. And and you're like, wow. I mean, do you not have a sense that that is is a bad idea? Oh, I mean, there, there's a lot a broadening through all types of caffeine. There's also the, all the uh, the caffeine energy drinks and stuff like that. And I know the the reason that I would drink them in high school is when you're having like you know twenty six hour land parties or something like that. You'd well, be like, yeah, oh, I, need, I, mean, I, I need to be awake through all this stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's artificially taking you past where you can go. Well, I remember, uh, you know, what we would do is like stay up all night on IRC chats and drink Jolt, huh. you know, but Jolt, right. Jolt was like we, the most caffeinated thing that you could get back then. So it was only slightly more than regular cola. Like it's like Jolt, Mountain Dew, you know, and then regular colas. So it was kind of like, it wasn't a big deal because you can only drink so much, you know. You know, I think I think the two caffeine uh, beverage choices of of the of the land parties <laughs> were one from the uh, from the gas station uh, convenience <laughs> oh. uh, store whoop ass oh. little, little the little energy drink cans those little one. like four it was in a green cans. can I remember it it was like two hundred and fifty <laughs> mil or something like that you just load up on those or uh, later on we got into uh, this this uh, drink in call in a uh, it's in a clear blue. Uh, glass bottle 
and it was called uh, Balls, B-A-W-L-S. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you mentioning that oh, before. Oh, wow. And it, it, it was ba- the, the worst part about it is it gave you this great caffeine rush, but it also made you want another one. Like so you, you get these, <laughs> This is slurm of the day. This is like uh, this is like Shrek's piss. <laughs> is that yes. roll bottles? Yeah, yeah. of course. Taste it's the, the beast. beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That that was pretty fermented by the end of when it came out, but it it, it just made you want more and more of it. And, but it did keep you up and then you could run. <laughs> Remember when Leela's about to die violently in that pit and Fry like can't decide whether to like lick up some more slurm off the ground or to save her. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I had this horrible memory and I hate to admit this because I'm sitting here going, don't they understand? That's a bad idea. We used to put Hawaiian punch mix in uh, Jolt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever had Jolt. It's pretty nasty. It was nasty. Yeah, it was nasty. Well, it, it was it, double nasty with Hawaiian punch mix in it. Well, because some of those drinks, like with the extra caffeine, it, it gives it this and almost... sugar. Well, it gives it this kind of mealy texture. Ah. Uh, you know, like, you know how when you drink... Have you ever had RC Cola? It has that kind of mealy texture. So, like, if you uh, grit your teeth afterward, it's kind of like... I used to like RC. <laughs> oh, that brings back a memory. I remember some of the land Sorry, parties. Jim. We had this one guy come to the lands and he would always make stovetop stovetop <laughs> stuffing yeah and just eat it right, <laughs> out, of the, right out of the pot <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. funny it just it just doesn't seem right it's like <laughs> it's like it's like the captain sweatpants of the of the <laughs> like you need party. a sponge to put into your stomach to absorb all the caffeine <laughs> you just drink yeah i know let's add some stovetop <laughs> Remember all those theories that just, people have? He just about, eats powdered jello. <laughs> right now, my brother is howling with laughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What were you going to say, Chuck? No, I mean, I was just thinking about all the jackass things you do like that. And all the when it comes to, to remedies for things like that, like, oh, the hangover cure. Yeah, the hangover cure is rest and water. You know, and, and Advil, and Advil, <laughs> and waiting. <laughs> you know, and time, and not drinking so much. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's no me- special cure. It's just bad. I don't know. Fried egg, chili cheese, chili you know, sandwich. But, but you know what? I think even putting, even loading up on sugar and caffeine the way we did, and putting, putting Hawaiian punch mix into, uh, uh, putting Hawaiian punch mix into Jolt, that may be dumb. But that's not, I think even that pales in comparison to like. Like those monster Well, no, something that you have no idea what's in it. Or yeah. it's like, oh, it's this homeopathic thing, like, and I'm not trying to lay on that. But I mean, like, well, it's not required to be licensed as medicine. So it's okay, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> it's organic. <laughs> it comes from the earth. <laughs> like, so do coca leaves. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so does cyanide, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. <laughs> So does uranium. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And coal. You yeah. know? I mean, not things that you might, you know, petroleum, not things you might necessarily want to eat, you know? I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that introducing coffee at the right age, I don't know what that is, and that's why I'm not a parent, is because I'm not anywhere near responsible enough to make decisions like that, So, uh, nor to tell others how to do that. But um, 
But yeah, it just struck me when I was watching the episode. I was like, no it coffee. That was a totally great, totally the great, totally random conversation. Yeah. Go ahead, Juan. Sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say, maybe it comes down to that that argument about um, alcohol and drugs that, that can never be answered as to, uh, to the, whether, whether parents should uh, uh, embrace and let the kids... Uh, try something in a controlled environment or or just could not talk about it kind of those are the two polar opposites is that that's why that can never get answered maybe the same is true for caffeine no, just there's enough broadness of opinion out there that that yeah i don't know just just not really uh not really any one answer for this maybe middle ground maybe not try it and talk about it <laughs> i don't know just a thought worked for me when i was a kid i i didn't try it and we did talk about it not, you know, even, not even that out. can of cooking beer that your mom left in the fridge. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about uh, other drugs. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah. I did I did try it. For those who don't who don't know that I didn't hear this on one of the other podcasts. That was my uh, my first alcohol experience. Was my mom cooked with some beer and left a half empty can of Coors Light in the fridge in the refrigerator. <laughs> I remember you talking about yeah, which I tried much later in the uh, in the process of it sitting and becoming flat and sort of refrigerator taste. So, so my first my first beer was a flat Coors Light. That tasted slightly of fridge smell. So it was slightly better than Coors oh. Light. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you know what? I just Nicolo. suddenly flashback <laughs> to that King of the Hill episode where all, all the, the four guys are young and they're on that camping trip huh. and they're all drinking the uh, the Bloody Mary mix and it just says, just add vodka, but they think it's actual alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But I grew up, I'm a sir. Propane, propane accessories. If my grades are getting up. <laughs> God, I used to. I, yeah, when I drank, I used to drink uh, Red Raw, which nobody seemed to like, which is tomato juice and beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. I have not tried that. It's actually good. <laughs> I I I like tomato juice, so I don't know. It's I not only try it once. It's not like to where it's thick. It's like they'll pour in just enough that it's kind of red. Actually, it sounds kind of good. It does. It tastes good. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. It would be salty. And-, and what's really cool is that it works surprisingly well with like with like uh, light, cheap beers, you know, like which normally, you know, they're real light it and crisp. It kind of dampens the... Well, you know how they're <laughs> light and crisp, but they have kind of a crappy aftertaste yeah, because they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah. Well, the, the tomato juice kind of kills the aftertaste, and yet the beer flavor is mixed with... It's kind of, no, it's... I don't know. It works for me. But how do we get on this? <laughs> I just realized, wow, maybe Zoe would like red draw. I'm just saying. There we go. But not before driving. I like Joe reading the... Uh... Sassy pumps for fall. <laughs> Sassy pumps. That was hilarious. And then, then Carter keeps bringing it up throughout the episode. And the same with, and, and the same with Sarah. Yes, and her Jerry Springer addiction. <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's like blackmailing the computer, the house computer. That's awesome. That was great. Um, you know, when we were talking about uh, Pierre Fargo coming back and all the things that would be different for him, uh, Chuck and I were kind of watching when he first wakes up and they're like, put on your glasses. And then he looks around the room and it's Allison... Uh, Nathan Stark, uh, Henry, Jack, or, you know, I don't know what order, but anyway, um, Chuck and I and both had the same himself. What? 
Never mind. Keep going. Chuck and I had the same thought, which was like, um, you know, it probably would have not been normal to see, you know, uh, black people like Allison or Henry in that environment or in the scientist environment. And we were trying to figure out if Eureka was different, like if if it was a little bit more, um, you know, integrated and kind of not going along with the outside world as much. Or if that would have been totally different and he was just doing that non-reactive kind of thing. We do know without, and I already spoiled a little bit this episode, I'll stop spoiling, but we know uh, if we were to run forward into season four, we would have some indication that uh, that Eureka was different enough that it wouldn't have been shocking for him to see black people in in roles, uh, you know, in in you know, in and around and in you know more yeah, significant it, roles. Exactly. Yeah. But but I thought it was interesting the way they very subtly portrayed <laughs> that. You know, like because because you know. Uh, uh, Carter said, "Put on, put on your glasses," and he looks at right at Allison for a second, and then he looks at Stark, and then he looks at Henry for a good second, and then looks at Fargo. And we're kind of confused as to whether he said, "Put on your glasses," so he would see Fargo that looks a lot like him. That's or, what I thought. Or if he would see Allison and Henry, which he looked at for quite a long time, which would be or also to notice that he's in a futuristic room. Yeah, that's yeah, right, that was the, right. I think the I think it was I think it was brilliant that they're like, you know, we'll let you draw your own conclusions as to what we really meant. Oh, there. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Read into that as much or as little as you want. <laughs> Hell yeah. I thought it was really awesome how as his cells degenerated and his body aged from like 25 years old to like 75 years old in the bathroom. His the, nose turned into like uh, Ernie and Bert's nose. Yeah, I thought it was awesome though that his glasses prescription didn't change. Hmm. <laughs> How do you know he, he just couldn't see squat? Because he wasn't squinting. They were Eureka super lenses. <laughs> oh, he was just doing that disinterested From the 50s. thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's like, yep. Whatever. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I like I said, can you imagine you go in to take a leak and you know you start pissing and all of a sudden you age? 50 years he's like what's going on in there and he's like nothing you could relate to <laughs> like what <laughs> my schlong just do you know wrinkly. what it feels like to have a prostate grow 100 times its size in the matter of 15 seconds i could feel it damn it <laughs> my that balls f- just descended nine inches <laughs> <laughs> womp womp <laughs> Did I used to be that ring? That would be a hell of an experience. That would kind of shut me up, too. You know? <laughs> it's just real quiet. He's like, Pierre? Oh, you, you all right in there, man? <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, you know, one other thing that uh, is worth mentioning in this episode is kind of the C story is that we continue to have bits of revelation with Henry. We know already from the series so far that Henry is aware of Beverly's involvement in trying to steal the information from Kim's lab. I thought Kim's that was lab. interesting how he was very careful he, in what he yeah, revealed he, to Stark. He lies and only tells part of it. He 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 said he tells Stark that he knows that someone had sabotaged her computer and that somebody wanted the information, but he knows that it was Beverly and he does not tell Stark. So we're set up another little chunk in the ongoing story. Yeah, that's pretty cool the way they keep doling that out in really small pieces. I I do like that the uh, the the uh that the 
ramifications of last week's episode are are still here. You know, it's like yeah. moment, you lied to me and you kept vital information from me during a you know where people were getting hurt. And yeah. he, he kind of cops out at the end. I was like, look, I'm just going to be mad for a while. You know, actually, <laughs> um, I looked at Chuck and I was like, that actually is, I think, a good response for people who want to have a good relationship with one another. Because yeah, that can actually happen. I mean, you can you can actually have an agreement where you're like, look, I am mad about this. And there's really nothing that we can do to make me stop feeling mad. I, you just need to let me I'm going to get over it, but just let me. Yeah. So right. It's a great idea. I think that actually is kind of realistic and kind of cool i guess so because at this point i mean the investigation's closed and if there was anything more that he was going to do with it he would have so it's just personal at this point right yeah at this point it's like look we trusted each other and you let me down it's going to take me some time i i I just can't deal with it all at once and that makes sense yeah and and she, she she's really taken on the very kind of Ice Queen of uh, GD role at this point. What? What is that? I don't know. She just seems very, very cold at this point. She is a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if it's beyond what's required or not, but she's definitely at her peak of kind of, you know, cold. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the low point for her in terms of figuring out how to do her job as head of GD. Yeah, you know, and I, I think actually, I, well, that's kind of last week is and this is kind of the fallout from that. So, yeah, and we'll get to see more of her, you know, as we go, we'll, we'll get to kind of get back into her character a little bit better. But but yeah, I, I guess right, she is. you do know things get better. And I mean, this it's hard to look at the low point here, but it is good to see that they keep the continuity going. And I mean, that's a, as I've said many times, that's what I love about this series is the continuity that carries through from episode to episode that she is in her low point here and you are going to see the results of that even if it has nothing to do with the story well guys time to wrap up um enjoyed this of course and speaking of uh looking forward we are getting relatively close to season five coming out indeed which is really exciting wow that's the, gonna be awesome i almost yeah. forgot what it's like to have new eureka i know i know it's a it's a what i guess about a month away a little less sweet so really nice but you get some more episodes in the meantime and we'll be back with another rewatch uh next week anything to add at the end uh no no just i'm enjoying it as ever and uh and i'm enjoying the bear mccreary music like just oh, luxuriating yeah. in it every with time you. it's awesome with you. Juan? Yeah. <laughs> I should stop asking. You know I'm not going to. <laughs> the, the, I'll prepare something the next time. When you, whatever you don't like crinkle ask, this I'll, paper. I'll have a diatribe that will spill over into F this week's slot. <laughs> <laughs> Write it on a scroll and like unfurl it. Mail it to me. Well, thank you for not asking, Chuck. Let me begin by... <laughs> <laughs> what would be great is if I had just ran the music right there with you're like, thank you for... You know, the music starts at the... All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. 
Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.